last song in particular, absolutely incredible. Can we just give a round of applause to the techies, to Sheila, and the whole band behind me for what they've done tonight? They'll hate that, but it's good to show God's glory for all these skills and gifts you guys have got. So how are you um, with mess? I don't know about you, but when I was um, a young, I say a young boy, even now, um, I've always hated mess. I'm a perfectionist through and through. As a young lad, I used to love that moment when my grandparents came home with the brown paper bags from the train that you got all your food in back in the day before plastic waste took over. And, um, and these brown plastic bags, I would line up in my living room with all my toys perfectly organized in each and every bag. That was the highlight of my grandparents coming to my house. How sad am I? I'll throw that out there. I used to love doing that. Um, I'm one of those people where um, I'll be going along with my fiance Alice. We're going out for some food. And she'll notice that I'm really grumpy. She'll be like, Ross, what? why are you so grumpy? I'm like, no, I'm not grumpy. Like, why, why are you so grumpy? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not grumpy. Ross, why are you being so grumpy? I'm like, well, during dinner, I've got like, a little stain on my shirt. And it's really, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get that out. It's going to take vanishing hours of scrubbing. I started doing my own washing at the age of 14 because my mum wasn't doing the turnover quick enough. That's how much, that's how much I hate mess and love things ordered and tidy. And yet the most important lesson I've learned in life is that perfectionism is a lie, right? We don't live in a perfect world. Nothing can be perfect. Life is very messy. It is uncontrolled. It is untidy. It is undefined. And yet when we come to this nativity scene, um, whether we see it at a play with a school, whether we see it in our own home, everything is so serene and perfect. <coughs> Right, The animals are, are, are sitting in their place. No one's making a noise. Everyone's still and clean. Mary, who's just given birth without any drugs, I might add, in a very difficult, stressful situation, is peaceful and serene. No issue upon her face. No expression of anguish or pain. Everything is lovely and simple. And yet the reality is the story would have been very different. Would you agree? The Christmas story... Is, is quite messy. Think firstly again about the animals, born amongst animals. If you've ever done Donkey Day um, here at Mutley, you will know we have to cardboard the hall floors because donkeys produce waste. And that waste goes all over the floors. The church is stunk out by these donkeys. We even had sheep this year. So not only did you have the smell, but the noise. It was fantastic. It was like a zoo in Mutley Baptist Church. The whole nativity scene brought here. But it was messy. Steve, particularly, who had to clear up and take all these cardboard bits off and clean it. Well, well done to you, my friend. And then Mary, the whole situation that Mary was brought into, she was a pregnant virgin. Those two terms don't go together. There's a decisive act that hasn't taken place for that to make any sense. Can you imagine that conversation with, with Joseph? Hey, Joseph, yeah, I've, I've been meaning to tell you, um, 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 I'm pregnant. But, very, you can't, you can't be pregnant. You know, we haven't, how, how can you, 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 you be pregnant? Who's, who's the father? Oh, the father. Yeah, it's, it's God. I mean, it's a pretty easy get out, isn't it? If you were to find any claim of who you want the father to be, God is probably the most unrealistic. And yet that's the story we're dealing with. Joseph could have divorced his wife, but he chose to continue to love her and continue in that relationship because of a, a dream and an angel speaking to him. And yet, to everyone else, he was raising an illegitimate child. 
it was a messy situation. People wouldn't have looked too well upon that story. And then giving birth, the whole giving birth scene in of itself is, is messy. Um, I don't claim to know much about it. I will say that when I was at secondary school, um, we were brought into the science lab, um, and it was the time in sex education where you would watch the giving birth video. Um, all I remember of that particular situation, we were all quite excited going in because it was a great mystery. We wanted to discover what happened in this mystery. I learned to regret that very excitement. After five minutes sitting on the stool, and the stools were about this high, I began to go white and pale and sweaty. My teacher very quickly clocked onto that, and next thing you know, I'm lying in his arms as I've completely passed out as the baby's head is beginning to crown. It is a messy situation. And then the very fact that the people we're talking about, Mary and Joseph, were refugees. Jesus is not but born a very short period of time, and Herod is wanting him murdered and killed, and as a consequence, tries to get all those babies under two years old in Bethlehem to be murdered. They have to flee to Egypt and then come back later when, when Herod has died. This isn't the nice, beautiful nativity scene that we so often see presented before us. In fact, it represents and shows so clearly the messiness um, of life. The whole Christmas story is messy. And yet, it's because of that very truth that I stand before you because we believe that within the messiness of the Christmas story, within that manger, we find Jesus, Jesus who was fully man, yes, but was also fully God because we worship a God who entered the messiness. How profound is, is that thought in and of itself? God entered the messiness of this world. Dirty Glory um, is a book that for a period, if you are here from Mutley, you had to put up with me quoting from every single week in church services, but I haven't quoted it in a while. Um, and there was a quote in here that Pete Gregg says that really captures something of this story. He says, this then is our creed. We believe in the blasphemous glory of Emmanuel. Infinitely, infinite, infinity dwindled to infancy, as the poet once said. We believe in omnipotence surrendering to incontinence. The name above every name rumored to be illegitimate. We believe that God's eternal word, word once squealed like a baby, and when eventually he learned to speak, it was with a regional accent. The creator of the cosmos made tables, and presumably he made them badly at first. The Holy One of Israel got dirt in the creases of his hands. I love that last line. The Holy One of Israel got dirt in the creases of his hands. We worship a God who is willing to enter the messiness of this world and the messiness of our lives to give up all the perfection of the heavenlies in order to save us from it. John 1 verse 14 says the words so of God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That's the message translation, just in case you were wondering. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 8 says, Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. 
it's so easy to gleam this view of God. And maybe it's your first time here in, in, in a church or in Mutley this evening, the, the, the kind of great-grandfather in the sky who kind of sits separated from us, unwilling to get involved in all the, the mess and struggle and difficulty of this world. Like he loves us, but it's from a distance. It's how we can so often view God. And yet the Christmas story turns our whole perception of who God is completely on its head. Because what we're saying is God got involved in our messiness in order to save us from it. A long time ago, um, there was a guy called Malcolm. Uh, became a friend of mine. He was homeless on the streets. And um, he stayed at my house for a, a couple of nights. Um, a brilliant guy. He ended up getting a house through the council. And we had a Christianity Explore course at his home. We'd go around um, and, and explore the Christian faith, give people opportunity to ask questions. And one day he'd invited loads of his friends around. You never really knew what, what you were going to turn up to. I would come prepared. I'd have my notes ready, um, have my DVDs ready, ready to go straight into this, this course. And you turn up in the house and everything was completely different. And on one occasion I turned up. And, and most of his friends were half cut, um, drinking cider when I walked in, some of them stoned. And, and, and I sat down with them and knew in an instant that was my notes gone. There was no way I could use the stuff I was meant to do. I was asking God, what am I meant to do in this moment, in the messiness of this situation? They wouldn't speak to me before I had a beer in my hand. Middle of the afternoon as a minister, not advised. But as I'm sitting there and talking to them, they start opening up about life. They're telling me about the fact that recently one of their loved ones had died. One of them was grieving, and the reason he was grieving was his, his sister or someone had died. And he was drinking, just to numb the pain, just for a little bit if he could escape that reality. The rest of them, they started to tell me their stories and started to ask questions. Well, if, if you believe in God, why are you here with us? It doesn't make any sense. Started asking questions of who this God is and, and what he looks like and how they can get to know him. And I left that building in what was a messy situation I did not expect to be in, knowing that I had met with God. Because Jesus was present in that room. God was willing to enter our messiness. But if that's the end of the story, it's not a very good one. Because it's great that God can be present. It's great that God can be within the mess with us. But if that's it, then he's not really God at all. But as that video said, and I love the way it was put at the end, you can't spell mess without I-A-H. Messiah. Because the Jesus that we worship was the Messiah. Came to this earth, the chosen one, in order to not only enter the messiness, but therefore to rescue and save us from it. And I don't know what your situation is coming here this evening. It's, Christmas can be a difficult time for many of us. But the beauty of the Christmas story is that there is no mess too big that our God cannot rescue or save us from. In turning to him and asking for his forgiveness, he can save us from anything that's gone on in the past. So the question that you have to ask yourself this Christmas is will you let Jesus enter the messiness of your life and rescue you?